I want to continue this series that we're in right now on the life of Elijah. And this guy Elijah, to me, is just, he is, he's just one of those figures in the Bible. It's just amazing. The guy, um, he was kind of like a pioneer in Scripture because he did so many things that had never been done before. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that he did through his life, it never been done before. Like he was a trendsetter. He was a mold breaker. This guy was just a beast, just a raw force on the earth. And I think one of the major reasons for that is because Elijah listened to the voice of God. If you look all through his life, you'll see this pattern. You'll see where God spoke something to Elijah and then Elijah did what God said and awesome things happened. Elijah was always listening to the voice of God. And that's what Jesus did too. If you look at the life of Jesus, he always said, you know, I, I do only what I hear the Father tell me to do. And I say only what I hear the Father tell me to say. And, and that was what uh, Elijah did. And he listened to the voice of God and he did what God said. And there's promise in scripture for that. When we listen to God, we land in a great place of peace and blessing in our life, regardless of what's going on in the world around us. Let me say that again. Regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we can still operate in the peace, the power, the anointing, and the blessing of the God that we serve. God hasn't been caught by surprise by any of this stuff that's happening. He's still on his throne. He's still in control, and we're still his church called to preach his gospel in this world. So don't let what you see happening in the world right now throw you off. Let's just listen to God and do what he says. It says in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Just trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because sometimes God's going to ask you to do things that don't make sense. I mean, how many of you have been there before where God prompted you to do something and it just didn't make sense at all? Well, you're not going to, if you want to follow God, you have to learn to not lean on your own understanding and just trust in him wholeheartedly and completely. And that's what you see in the life of Elijah. All this stuff he did was amazing, guys. I mean, he walked out of nowhere. I'm just going to give you a highlight reel of this guy's life. It's amazing. He walked out of nowhere, confronts one of the, the most evil kings that has ever walked the face of this earth, called him out on his sin, pronounced a drought over the land, and then left them all speechless because he listened to God and did what God told him to do. And then he goes to this, uh, he goes to this ravine during the drought, and God takes care of him. He feeds him, makes sure he's got water to drink because Elijah listened to God. And then God sent Elijah to a widow who was going to supply him with food during the drought. And so Elijah listens to God. He travels 100 miles, goes and hangs out with the widow. He finds out she doesn't have enough flour or oil to take care of him, but they see a miracle happen and God makes the oil last and the flour last because we serve a God that is a God of provision. Even when we see lack in our lives, he's still able to come through and make a way where we don't see a way. And it all happened because Elijah listened to God and did what he said. And then check this out. The widow's son dies, okay? The widow's son dies and Elijah 
fearlessly does something that as far as we know, guys, has never been done before. This blows me away. We don't have any other account before this in Scripture of this happening. He walks into the boy, prays over him, and God's power moves, and the boy is brought back to life. Elijah, as far as we know, is the first person to ever be used by God to raise somebody from the dead because he listened to God and did what he said. When you listen to God and you move in obedience to what he's called you to do and you move in step with who he's called you to be, you see the power of God manifested in and through your life. And that's when the fun stuff starts to happen. And we see that in Elijah's life. He left there at the voice of God telling him to go. And he walks up to Ahab again in a time where Jezebel was killing all the prophets. He fearlessly walks up, trusting in God, looks at Ahab, that king at the time, and says, listen, this is going on long enough. I want you to get together, all the prophets of Baal, and I want you guys to meet me on Mount Carmel because we're going to have a showdown, and we're going to see whose God is the real God. And he did it because God told him to do it. He gets them all together on Mount Carmel, and he lets the prophets of Baal do what they do, and they make themselves look foolish because Baal's a false god. He doesn't answer. And Elijah walks up, repairs the altar of the Lord, prays a quick prayer, sees the fire of God fall down, consume the offering, and then Elijah, straight up gangster style, takes a sword and kills all the prophets of Baal. Are you kidding me? This guy is amazing to me. Like he's, he's just breaking the mold over and over again in his life. This, it, it, it's amazing to me. He kills them all, 450 of them. And then after he's done that, the guy says, okay, it's time to end the drought. It's time to end the drought because God told him so. And he listened to God. He prayed a quick prayer. The rain comes in. And check this out. On the tail end of all of that, he tells Ahab, hey, you better haul some, some mail all the way back to where you came from because the rainstorm's coming and it's going to be a pretty strong one. This is my paraphrase, by the way. And so Ahab hops in his chariot, starts beating on the horses. He takes off. The Bible says Elijah tucks his robe in and starts running after Ahab, passes Ahab, and runs in front of a horse and a chariot, outrunning them Forrest Gump style. He just starts running and takes off. And the dude wins a track meet at the, at the end of all of it. Like it's not enough to be used by God to call down fire or to kill all the prophets of Baal. He's going to show off his athletic ability and outrun a horse all the way back to the town. That is crazy. But this is Elijah because it was always listening to God and doing what God said to do. And as a result, God was able to use him powerfully using powerfully. Elijah listened to the right voice. And I want to pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, and just continue this study, looking at the life of Elijah. As we dig into what happens next, into the life of this, I mean, he was just a straight-up gangster for the Lord. He did some amazing stuff. It was just crazy, some of the things that he did. 1 Kings 19, starting at verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed the prophets with a sword. Can you imagine being in there for that conversation? Okay, so here's what happened. He got us all together. 
Baal didn't do anything, but then this huge thing of fire fell out of the. Can you imagine Jezebel's face as Ahab's like explaining all this stuff to him? Yeah, the fire fell. He killed all the prophets, and then he outran me all the way back to town, and I was in my chariot and my horse. It was just crazy. You know, it's just one of those stories that is hard to believe unless you were there seeing it happen. And then Jezebel says this. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Whoo, son, she drew a line in the sand and she started to talk big to the big dog himself, Elijah. Now, I can't wait to see what Elijah does with this. Okay, this is the Elijah that had called out Ahab. This is the Elijah that had been used to raise the dead. This is the Elijah that had faced 450 prophets of Baal and all the people in the kingdom stood by himself alone, just him and God, and took them all on, killed those prophets, outran a chariot, and now some punk little evil witch woman named Jezebel is sending a messenger to him to threaten his life. And look what Elijah does, that gangster that big bad boy himself, the Bible says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. That, that, that can't be right. Are you guys seeing that on the screen at your house right now, wherever you're watching this live stream? It's, the Bible says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left a servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the, brush, under the bush and fell asleep. Well, this doesn't even sound like the same guy. I mean, how can this be the same guy that had done all that previous stuff? Now, Jezebel sends a messenger. She doesn't even send people that could actually kill Elijah. She just sends a messenger to talk smack and say, hey, it's coming at you, big boy. You better be ready. And that's all it took for Elijah to fold. It says he took off, he ran, and he hid in the wilderness. Then he said, I'm done, God, I'm ready to die, kill me. I'm done with this. And then the dude laid down and took a nap. The mistake that Elijah made was that he let an illegitimate voice speak into his life. And a Instead of staying fixed on the voice of God, he allowed the message and the voice of Jezebel to get into his spirit and to get into his heart. And you see this same Elijah that was so bold, that was almost unstoppable, run in retreat in fear. And I know he's not acting in response to something that God told him to do because we know from the Bible that fear and doubt 
do not come from God. Fear and doubt do not come from God. You know, if you're operating in fear right now because of what's happening in the world around us and maybe there's that little nagging doubt in your heart right now, Lord, let me, let me encourage you to stop and reevaluate what voice you're listening to right now because it's not the voice of God. See, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God fills us with his power so we can operate in his love and operate in wisdom, not reacting emotionally to what happens around us. So Elijah's in this, in this place because he listened to the wrong voice and he's operating in fear. And I, I just want to talk about fear for just a moment, guys. It, fear here really isn't the motivating force behind what Elijah's doing, Okay. The fear that you're seeing him operate in is just a symptom of the motivation. Fear is the symptom. Listen, lack of peace is the cause. Lack of peace is the cause. Fear is just a symptom. See, when we lose that peace in our spirits and in our hearts, then all kinds of symptoms begin to manifest in our lives. We become afraid. We start to doubt, just like Elijah did. We start to worry about things. Our stress level goes through the roof. Our anxiety goes through the roof. We feel like life and the world is out of control and, and we don't have any grip on what's going on. You know, it's just when we lose that center of peace that can only come from our relationship with God, all those symptoms start popping up. See, a person who walks in peace, they don't operate in fear. Anxiety doesn't dominate their lives. Now, they might have to take a breath to respond to what's happening, but they don't let that momentary adjustment dominate their lives. They're able to step out in faith, trusting God. Because that peace that we have flows out of that relationship that we have with God. Listening to his voice and not listening to all the noise and the buzz and the different signals and voices that are chattering and clamoring around us, but just focusing on his voice and our relationship with him, trusting him to be the God that we know he can be. I got a question for you. I got a question for you, whether you're watching this stream in the morning or the evening, in your car, in the office, at home. I got a question for you. What voice are you listening to today? What voice are you listening to today? Elijah got off track because he started listening to the wrong voice. And I, like, uh, I like doing road trips, and I love road trips. Like for me... Vacation for me would be a road trip, not going to a destination, but just driving around and seeing different places. Like a lot of people, me and Dave Varney have this in common. Um, a lot of people like to go to a place to have vacation. But for us, the whole trip in and of itself, seeing new places, seeing new things, going to places we've never been before, that 
is the, the vacation for us. It's that whole experience. And I love driving around and, and going to new places. And a lot of times when I'm driving, I'm always like listening to podcasts or I'm listening to music off of my phone. But sometimes I'll cut my phone off and I'll cut on a radio and I'll just listen to a, a local radio station while I'm driving. And how many of you guys have ever been listening to the radio and you've noticed this happen that if you drive long enough, sooner or later, you're going to get to the place where the signal, the broadcast signal, the radio station starts to break up a little bit and it starts to get crackly, starts to get fuzzy. And it's hard to listen to and understand what's being broadcasted from the races because Radio stations broadcast from towers or networks of towers, and those towers can only cover a certain radius in the broadcast area. So you got a tower here and a tower there, and what's crazy is if you've got um, a country music station and a rock and roll station, they can be in the same area broadcasting off different towers, but they're going to use different frequencies so that they don't overlap each other. But if I'm listening to a radio station and I get to the end of that broadcast area, it's going to start to crackle. You guys have experienced this before. It's going to get fuzzy. It's going to get distorted. And then what's going to happen is if you go there and you stay, if you keep going long enough, you're going to start to hear a different signal come in from another radio station on the same frequency. Same frequency, different broadcast, different signal coming in. So you've got this crackling and you've got this crackling and it creates a whole lot of noise and distraction. Guys, I want to tell you, this is where a lot of people live their life spiritually. In between two signals where you don't hear this one clear and you don't hear this one clear, but it's just a, a crackle and distorted place of no clear voice speaking in no direction and if you keep going far enough this signal is going to drown out the original signal you were listening to and you're not going to be able to hear the original broadcast anymore now i say all that to say this guys we need to make sure that we're staying close to the broadcast source okay we need to make sure that we're staying in the correct radius of our relationship with god and not drifting away from him and getting to the place where what he's saying and what he's speaking in our spirits and in our hearts becomes distorted and not easy to hear and not easy to recognize because of all the other signals and all the other voices and all the other static that's going on in life. Because when that happens, then we begin to drift from who God has called us to be and we begin to drift from what God has called us to do and we begin listening to the wrong voice and the wrong signal in our lives. And as a pastor, I see that happen all the time. And even in my own walk with God, guys, I've seen that happen over the years where if I drift a little bit in my relationship with God, then the enemy starts to come in and, 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 and all these illegitimate voices start to come in to, to define who I am and what I can do and, and what they say and the box they try to put me in doesn't line up with who God says that I am and what God says that I can do. And you, you, you deal with voices, illegitimate voices from your past, illegitimate voices from other people. And if I got to be honest, it's not voices from the past so much or even voices from other people and their opinions that, that rock me. It's, it's that real quiet, 
voice of doubt that can sometimes come up from within myself where I don't feel like in and of myself I'm enough that I don't feel like I have what it takes and if I'm not careful I'll let my own voices of doubt speak into my life and push out the voice of God telling me who I am and what I can do. And what's crazy is this, that the devil loves to capitalize on the, um, the insecurities that we have within ourselves. And he'll throw our past in our face and, and he'll use other people to try to speak in our lives sometimes too, but he tries to capitalize on those voices of doubt that we have internally in our lives. The Bible says that he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for those that he can devour. Like he's always on the prowl. He's always strategically moving, looking for a point of attack in our lives. But I don't think it's the roar of the lion that's intimidating as much as the whisper of the enemy subtly into our ear that does the most damage. When the, the devil was tempting Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, this is crazy, one of, the, uh, one of the words or one of the, the definitions of the word serpent that's used there to describe the devil when he's tempting Adam and Eve, that word serpent can also be interpreted whispering enchanter. Whispering enchanter. And that's exactly how he operates. He'll come in and he'll whisper subtly that voice of doubt. He'll whisper subtly to try to intimidate, to get us to the place where we stop listening to the voice of God and we start listening to the counterfeit voice that he offers. Just like Elijah listened to the voice of Jezebel and got intimidated, instead of listening to what God had called him to do and who God had called him to be, we do that in our lives sometimes too, don't we? I mean, he's really good at what he does. I don't want to give him more credit than he's due but he's really good at being bad. And he always comes in, it seems like, in the most inopportune of times. He'll come in. He doesn't come in when the sun's shining and rainbows are in the sky and the birds are singing and the kids are magically cleaning up their rooms and putting all the toys where they're supposed to be and, and, and the boss is saying, here's a raise for you and here's another bonus for you for being a great employee. He doesn't come in in times like that. He'll come in in times of trouble when your kids have lost their God-blessed minds and he'll whisper to you and he'll say, see, all that praying that you're doing for them, it's not making a difference. He'll whisper to you while you've got trouble in your marriage. And he'll say, see, I told you, they're not going to change. You need to turn the page and give up on this and move on. See, he'll whisper to you when you get called into the office at work and they say, we don't need you anymore. He'll come to you and he'll whisper and he'll say, what, what about all that giving? What about all that junk that the that the Bible says about trusting God with your finances and he'll make sure that you're taken care of and he'll, he'll come back and he'll whisper to plant that seed of doubt and frustration in your heart. That's how he operates. 
what he does. Got another question for you, and it's the same one I asked earlier. What voice are you listening to today, guys? What voice are you listening to today? Are you listening to the voice of God? Are you listening to a counterfeit voice that's got you operating in a place that God never intended for you to go? Let's get back to what's going on in Elijah's life. 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to skip down to verse 9. Elijah's been out there in the wilderness having his pity party. God sends an angel to him and he says, hey, get up and go to this place that I'm telling you to go to. So Elijah gets up and he goes and he gets to this cave. He says, there he went to the cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. Now look what God says here. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Elijah. I love this because Elijah was doing his best to get as far away from what he was supposed to be doing and who he was supposed to be. And God comes to Elijah. And in my mind's eye, just kind of nudges him and says, hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? This isn't where I've called you to be. This isn't what I've called you to do. This isn't who I've said that you are. What are you doing here? And I love how even if we're listening to the wrong voices and going to the wrong places and and making the wrong decisions, that God still doesn't give up on us. And somebody needs to hear this today because you've made some bad decisions and you made some bad choices and you might be in a place that you don't need to be right now. But I'm telling you, God has not given up on you. God still is madly and passionately in love with you. And the same God that sent his son to die for your sin so many years ago. Listen, he loves you with that same amount of love. It hasn't dropped 1%. He hasn't given up on you yet. He hasn't given up on you yet. He goes to Elijah and he says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And you know, this is the pattern for God. If you look all through the Bible, you'll see him doing the same thing with different people. Adam and Eve fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that God, check this out, went to them in the garden, walked and called out to Adam, and he said, Adam, where are you? It's that question that causes us to evaluate where we are spiritually in our obedience to him. Where are you? God went to Adam and helped work out the situation that Adam had put himself in. When Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, denied Jesus three times, Jesus went to Peter. And he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? And he went through the process of restoring Peter back into the ministry that he had called him into. When David had just absolutely messed up, he, he committed adultery and he committed murder, back to back, adultery and murder. God didn't strike him down. God sent Nathan the prophet to him to confront him, to give him an opportunity to repent and to change his heart. God doesn't give up on us. 
He doesn't give up on us. So God goes to Elijah and he says, hey, what are you doing here, man? What are you doing here? And then to the casual reader, like you just read this, you can go by this real quick and not understand what God's doing here. He calls Elijah by his name. Now to us, you know, a name is a name and we recognize people by their names and that's, that's cool for today. But back then, your name was your identity. Your name spoke something about your character and who you were as a person. So God doesn't just say, hey, what are you doing here? He speaks Elijah's name. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he begins to remind Elijah of who he is. If you remember the first week of this series, we were talking about the breakdown of the name of Elijah and how um, his, his name is just really cool. You can break it into three parts. It's the L, the I, and the Jah. Elijah, Elijah. L stands for Elohim. It's an abbreviated form of Elohim, which is the name for God. I is a possessive term that was used then, and it's like saying, it's mine, or that belongs to me. Okay, And Jah is an abbreviated form of Jehovah. So Elijah's name literally meant Jehovah is my God or my God is Jehovah. God speaking to Elijah says, hey, don't forget who you really are. And I got to wonder if there's somebody watching this right now who you've forgotten who you are. Maybe you're in a place where you don't need to be right now and you've forgotten who you are. I want to remind you of who you are in Christ. You might be listening to the wrong voices try to define you in an illegitimate way. Listen, you are everything the Bible says that you are and you can have everything that the Bible says that you can have. The Bible says that in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. We might have made a lot of mistakes in life, but that's what we did. That's not who we are. Who we are is the new creation in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that if you're in Christ, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you're set free from sin. Some of us are entertaining stuff in our lives that has no place in our lives, and we're letting sin control too many aspects of our life. We are set free from sin in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we're above only and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail, that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Listen, that we are children of the most high God. Don't let anyone define you in any different way. Don't let the enemy lie to you and get you to think that you're less than because you are worth the priceless blood that Jesus shed on the cross for you. And I'm telling you that your worth has not diminished one bit in the eyes of God. You are who God says that you are. Don't believe believe any other counterfeit voice in your life. Believe the true voice of God. Listen to him. Listen to him. So God begins to restore Elijah. And then what happens next is beautiful to me, guys. It's absolutely beautiful. First Kings 19. We're skipping down to verse 11. God's still coaching Elijah through this process of getting back up on his feet. First Kings nineteen eleven, 
through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. God puts Elijah back in his presence. When we're in the presence of God, close to the signal source, we can clearly hear the voice of God. So God begins to walk Elijah through the basics of his relationship with him. Hey, step outside. Let's get in my presence again. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now pay attention to this. After the fire came a gentle whisper from God. And while the enemy tries to whisper in our ears to deceive us, you see that God's whispering to Elijah here. Whispering to Elijah in this moment of restoration in his life. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said to him, and here it is again, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? God gets him in his presence. And then, check this out, guys. He walks him through the process of learning to hear his voice again. It's not in the noise. It's not in the blast. It's not in the wind. It's not in all the chaos. It's not in the fire that's falling. It's not in the earthquakes. It's not in all the chatter or the distortion and all the stuff that you see around you. He taught Elijah to get back to the basics to hear that still, small voice in his spirit. To get back to that place of peace. To get back to that place of relationship. And God lovingly restores Elijah back to a place where he can now operate in who he is and do everything that God had called him to do. What I love about this is this isn't the end of the story for Elijah. Like, he goes on and he does some more amazing things. Like, the rest of his life is just like the first part of his life. He goes out, he does these amazing things. And check this out. You know how Elijah leaves this earth? He doesn't die. Listen, a chariot of fire from God comes and picks him up. God literally sends a limo to pick up Elijah and take him out of this world in style. Listen, he lived as a gangster. He left as a gangster. I love the life of Elijah, man. He was just one of those powerful forces, but he was powerful when he listened to God and did what he said. And that's when we're at our best too. What voice are you listening to today? Are you in a place in your life where there's so many signals and so much confusion and so much going on that you're not operating in the peace that comes from a relationship with God? And maybe you're watching this broadcast right now and when I say relationship with God, that I might as well be speaking a foreign language to you because that's not a reality in your life right now. And 
you see what's happening in the world around us and you're trying to get some kind of grip on what's going on, I'm telling you, you're never going to know true peace, true peace in your life until you experience the peace that can only come from a relationship with Jesus. So we were all sinners, the Bible says. We all made mistakes. And nobody's perfect. Me too. I'm not perfect. I have sinned in my life. I've blown it. I've messed up. All of us have. And that's why God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross to pay the price for that sin that you and I committed. Because we were in a place and in a mess that we couldn't get out of on our own. There had to be a sacrifice that paid the price for those sins so that we could come back into a right standing before God. And that's what Jesus did. See, God loved us too much to leave us where we were. So he sent his son to come for us and die on a cross to pay the price for our sins. Maybe you're watching this and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. I want to give you that opportunity in just a moment. I want to pray with you.